Thanksgiving Duties Required in the First Commandment Defined by John Calvin Thanksgiving is a gratitude which ascribes to him the praise of all our blessings. As the Lord does not allow these to be derived from any other quarter, so he demands that they shall be referred entirely to himself. It is not enough to refrain from other gods. We must at the same time devote ourselves wholly to him, not acting like certain impious despisers, who regard it as the shortest method to hold all religious observance and derision. But here precedence must be given to true religion, which will direct our minds to the living God, when duly imbued with the knowledge of him. The whole aim of our lives will be to revere, fear, and worship his majesty, to enjoy a share in his blessings, to have recourse to him in every difficulty, to acknowledge, laud, and celebrate the magnificence of his works, to make him, as it were, the sole aim of all of our actions. Next, we must beware of superstition, by which our minds are turned aside from the true God, and carry to and fro after a multiplicity of gods. Therefore, if we are contended with one God, let us call to mind what was formerly observed, that all fictitious gods are to be driven far away, and that the worship which he claims for himself is not to be mutilated. Not a particle of his glory is to be withheld. Everything belonging to him must be reserved to him entire. The words before me go to increase the indignity, God being provoked to jealousy whenever we substitute our fictions in his stead. Just as an unfaithful wife stings her husband's hearts more deeply when her adultery is committed openly before his eyes. Therefore God, coming by his present power and grace, declared that he had respect to the people whom he had chosen. Now, in order to deter them from the wickedness of revolt, warns them that they cannot adopt strange gods without his being witness and spectator of the sacrilege. To the audacity of so doing is added the very great impiety of supposing that they can mock the eye of God with their evasions. Far from this, the Lord proclaims that everything which we design, plan, or execute lies open to his sight. Our conscience must, therefore, keep aloof from the most distant thought of revolt if we would have our worship approved by the Lord. The glory of his Godhead must be maintained entire and incorrupt, not merely by external profession, but as under his eye, which penetrates the inmost recesses of his heart.